1: Everybody to another episode of Supernatural the Crossroads. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Michael Flores. Hello? Hello. And you'll notice with the absence of Ryan, it means we're gonna be talking nerdy as fuck shit today. Oh yes. Which is a a clinical term. It's not just dorky, it's nerdy as fuck. That's a whole new level. I like that clinical. It is. Using the word clinical is the nerdiest fuck term. Yeah, it brings some legitimacy to the discussion. Which we need, you know? Mm-hmm. And today we are talking about issue three of the second comic book series titled Rising Sun. Now, if you've been along the ride so far, you know we've talked about the first series titled Origins and how that was the introduction of the supernatural world to John Winchester as a character, how he was dealing with the immediate fallout of Mary's death, the decisions he made, the events of his life, and how we felt about that series, which was overall, we liked that a lot. The tone, the style, the writing, all felt like it was right in line with supernatural. Peter Johnson was the writer of that, and he went on to continue to write And work on this second series with a different artist, this one Rising Sun, which is a direct sequel to Origins. And having read these, once again, I'm going to say I really wish this had been some of the spinoff material. I really wish these were more widely known. And I think that might be the biggest criticism I have of Supernatural as an intellectual property. And that is branching out into other
0: media is severely lacking. It's something we talk about all the time. Yeah. And we're always going to mention it because you're, you're right. It, it's a major drop the ball. How with a franchise like this, with the amount of fans that rally behind pretty much anything that you slap Supernatural on and the ways of merch, how did you not capitalize on that? And I'm not talking about, hey, company, how come we didn't take advantage of your fans? No. How did you not have the foresight To say, yeah, this is what we're going to do and have a new season of merch releases every year. Star Wars does it. Marvel does it. Star Trek does it. And yes, I'm going to throw Supernatural up there with some of the biggest franchises of all time. It's 15 fucking seasons. Yeah. Why are we not getting more merch? And I do get upset. And when I say merch, I mean just other avenues of Supernatural content. When I read a comic book like this. I get a little perturbed. I probably should be happy that we're reading something that is fun. Yeah, but you know, when it comes to us, we're never happy and we're usually miserable. Correct. And when I'm reading this, <laughs> it's so contradictory in, in the ways of emotions because I'm like, this is really fun, I love it. but I'm it makes really me fucking mad. angry right now. Why didn't we get more of this? Yeah. And then it goes into me getting mad at myself because I can't believe that I dropped the ball on reading these issues when they were initially dropped because they're pretty damn good They're They feel legit. They feel mm-hmm. like a valid part of supernatural. And that's why I get frustrated myself for not Jumping reading these when they were sooner. Out. Yeah. Cause maybe if we did, maybe if more people got involved, maybe we would have been getting more comics. Maybe
1: it's a shame, but There's no way to know at this point, which sucks because you're right. It would have been nice to have more of this content. And it is a weird conundrum to find ourselves in where you're like, I love it. And therefore I'm angry. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's that's the mark of a true fan, right? It's true. But this stuff is so fucking good. These issues, Peter Johnson's work on these, and that's not to take away from the artist, but just the writing is so in tune with the show.
0: Yeah, it feels sincere. It feels sincere. It feels exactly like this is what we needed. We have said this, I think, I want to say during our origins discussions, many times when you get those... those tie-in media comic books where they try to do like a prequel to a a new movie or a prequel to a series and, Mm -hmm. or they try to bridge the gap between, you know, season two and season three. Many a times uh, the comic book just doesn't feel right. It it feels off. It's written by a different group of writers. um, Most of which are not people ever at any point had ever had any real involvement with the property. But what we get here with Supernatural Origins as well as Rising Sun, we get something that feels legitimate, that feels like a piece of Supernatural. It's written by people who work on the set of Supernatural, involved in the day-to-day. And because of that, we get something that's very rare. It is very rare for tie-in media to feel like it belongs. Yeah.
1: And we've been fortunate to say that both Origins and Rising Sun do feel like They belong. And with a slight hiccup in the road so far, the Origins comic we gave a lot of praise to. We generally felt like it lived up to the name of Supernatural. We liked that a lot. It was well-written. There was a lot of great visual imagery and allusions to literature throughout and some thought-provoking material as well. And Rising Sun is a direct sequel to that both of which take place prior to the beginning of season one and center around John Winchester setting up the mysteries that he's going to be unraveling the characters he's going to meet along the way and really his untold story within this larger narrative. Rising sun was also set around 1990 at this time. Dean is, I think in issue three is officially 12.
0: Yeah. That's what they said, huh?
1: Yeah, Yeah. So that puts Sam at seven, eight, depending and issue three has probably been the best one yet in this limited series run. Issue one was the very first one, and the very first time when it came to the comics that we all we all it's just you and me, <laughs> where Mike and I struggled with that. We were afraid. That first mostly, issue, yeah, oh, mostly yeah. myself. I would say I was afraid of it being too comic booky with the sword fight. The Kill Bill style. Body count. The big
0: tits. The big tits and the
1: blood and the gore and it felt like it had lost a lot of the internal thought provoking message that the previous series had. Yeah. And that it was going more for a traditional comic book. This is what the the preteen boys will like kind of thing. But we were very grateful and thankful that by issue two it shifted back to something more traditional yeah to supernatural more akin to what we'd expect from an episode more thought provoking deeper and on par with that first series origins
0: well, it feels more consistent with origins, yeah specifically because I mean there's nothing worse than a comic book sequel that just feels Misses the mark well, it doesn't even feel like it's done by the same people, and that's why I was so miffed with that first issue, and yeah. we did we we definitely were tolerant when we did our review because it wasn't awful, but we were very clear in our thought. And when we said, this does not feel anything like Origins, even though no. it's supposed to be a sequel. And luckily they did bounce back with issue two. And I do agree with you, issue three is even better than, than the uh, previous issue. I, it, it has a lot of stuff
1: that separates it from that first issue. Honestly, it's weird. Issue one is such an outlier compared to two and
0: three. It doesn't even feel like it belongs or like it was written by the same person. And when you go back now, I mean, I almost feel like if you're going to read this, you don't even have to read the first first issue. Yeah. I mean, you could probably start with issue two and know enough. Most of us know enough about Supernatural to understand why John, Sam and Dean are on the road. It's plenty of context. I mean, that first issue, unless you're, uh, you know,
1: completionist.
0: Yeah, and you like sexuality, big titties, and samurai and that's more swords. important than story to you, then please watch it. I mean, but I, I believe case, John Motorboats a demon or a vampire.
1: If that's the case, they may not be listening to this right now. <laughs> Ryan's already turned it off. He's not even here. To he's like, wait a second, big titties, and he goes and he's reading it.
0: Well He did say that when he because he was in here when we were reviewing the first <laughs> issue, and I think he's the only one that liked it. And he didn't read it; he was just listening to our review. He was
1: just like, "Wow, really, guys? There's titties and a samurai." And, Sam and then he or? was
0: disappointed when we came to the end. And we're like, "Yeah, it just wasn't that great." He's like, "What are you talking about? You guys, <laughs> you guys made it sound great,"
1: and he was being serious. Oh. And that's why we need him on the regular show. (laughs) But yeah, the season or season. Wow. See, it feels like a television show installment is not just a comic book. Uh, Issue three, I would say is where it gets even more into the nuance of how the characters work. Yeah. It picks up right where we left off with issue two. It doesn't waste a lot of time. It doesn't fuck around. It introduces some new characters and, and additional breadcrumbs. To the mystery. It gives us a. Richer story in. What is it like 20 some odd pages. At this point surprisingly yeah. Just just it builds upon the mystery. (laughs) Yeah you know it's. It does a good job. Of getting our interest. In the situation they find themselves in. All the more. It delves deeper. Into that and we learn more. About some of the characters. And get a more nuanced look at why Dean is the way he is, why John made the decisions he made. And one thing I love is we get to see Bobby, which makes that relationship that, that is something that I feel like is grossly missing. Yeah. From supernatural. Unfortunately due to actors and who was free for what there's a lot of context that is just not filled in when it comes to john and bobby and it's one of those things that i would have loved to see those two actors have an episode like bobby had with rufus yeah or get a little bit more we finally get a taste of that well
0: we can definitely imagine i mean jim beaver and his performances with yeah jeffrey Jeffrey d Morgan. morgan i mean that would be dynamic
1: that would be phenomenal yeah and I can only hope that somehow the boys pull something off <laughs> off with that. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. But we get a lot more of our characters in this one. And I think in a way that's what really makes this one stronger than the others.
0: Boy, well, it's layered. It's not just it's not the setup anymore. Now we're mm-hmm. thick in the story and they're not holding back and they're utilizing those 20 pages, those 20 or so pages very well uh with comic books many times uh it's a little uneven uh, with yeah. sto- with storytelling whereas this isn't uneven you have such a balance that it does Feel like an episode of TV. If you allow yourself to be immersed, you kind of forget you're reading a comic book, and you are pulled into the world of supernatural because it is engrossing. Engrossing. You do care about the characters, the things that they're saying. You know the emotions uh, that are involved when it comes to Dean and Sam and John and John trying to figure things out. It does work, and it's not imbalanced it's spread out throughout the entire episode so that or th- throughout the entire episode so it feels th- like tv throughout the entire issue and by doing that you get just enough of everything that we need and that's why it feels like an episode because a good episode of tv never lets anything fall to the wayside they even touch on that moment that needs to be that the that the audience needs to be reminded of before those closing minutes like, you remember we talked about this? Hey, we didn't forget about it. Here it is. And mm-hmm. they did very similar things here. Well, and there's the same, not only does it
1: follow the the episodes in that respect, but one thing that I really appreciate about this comic series so far, especially compared to a lot of modern day issues of, ver- any, of just pick anything off the shelf, there's a lot of written word in this there's a lot of dialogue there's a lot of meat to this to read and absorb and and take a moment my favorite part in the whole thing is when john and bobby are at the fireplace just talking Mm -hmm. because that felt like the way it's written the characters i know how we took the time to have this conversation that felt like i was watching an episode
0: yeah they slowed things down when you needed to yeah which isn't always the case as well with mainstream comic books they feel a lot like that openings <laughs> the opening page yeah. in issue 3 which i was hoping was going to end soon because it was the continuation of that moment from issue two that I didn't quite care about. The, the was,
1: canon storyline or the canon of demons was like.
0: Wasn't it like a train demon? Train possessed yeah thing. They moved past that really quick. And I was okay with that then. Uh, yeah, I was glad they moved past that pretty quick. And then we get m- that moment with John and Bobby that really did work. And the reason why it worked for me was just seeing that the struggle, you know, John's struggle yeah. as a father. Yeah. I mean, wrestling with decisions pertaining to Sam and Dean, you know, wanting to make the right decisions for them and also not feeling entirely confident in his abilities as a father. And this for me works on many levels because I know as a father myself, these are the very things that I think about. When I parent so it just feels very reality based it it grounds the show and that's something we've been talking about a lot in various discussions of late about how supernatural manages to keep the show grounded by bringing very real human moments to the world of the larger than life and this is more that you know showing the real problems and I like the contrast mm-hmm. here as well because as we know within the fandom, many people have, based on things that the show has said, they have kind of run with, you know, paintbrushes and painted this picture of John as being this really bad, shitty, abusive, abusive father. A term thrown around far too much yeah, for
1: his character.
0: Yes. Which here you now have a little more context and knowing that it comes from the writing room of supernatural during those five years, it, it paints a a picture that's a little more realistic of a guy that wasn't just you do as I say, this Mm -hmm. is a guy not knowing if he's making the right decisions, not knowing if he's hurting his children, not knowing if he should bring them on board the crazy train of the supernatural or if he should allow them to remain kids It's very real. Well, what I love about how
1: this is written is that is written by someone who not only got the show, but watched the show. Yep. A lot of people take at surface level. He said X to Dean. That's really mean. Therefore, he's a bad parent. In the comic book, the words that are said from John to Dean are those very curt. You need to be in charge of your brother. I trusted you. Do your fucking job kind of attitude. But all the mental thought process, all the struggle, all the pain is there in his silent thoughts to himself that are written because no parent's going to want to put all that shit on your kid. And sometimes I know every parent is guilty of this. Sometimes you say, just fucking do what I asked you to do and don't ask me why. Yeah. You just snap and you make these decisions, especially when you have high stress situations, which is his, his entire life, right? So I love that they wrote it to where John says the things Dean said he said, but we see the thought process as to why he's saying them and that doubt and
0: those fears and those concerns. about it. is he fucking up his kids with every step? Yeah, and this is something the reason why it's so real is because this is something as a as a parent. I've, I feel this like daily, even though I don't live the supernatural lifestyle by any means. I live a very boring life. A day doesn't go by where I don't think I'm like, OK, is that the right decision that I just made for my son? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Is he going to understand why he got in trouble? Does he understand why he needs to do his homework? And if I don't explain things to him to why I feel like he understands, there is a little bit of guilt that you're just being a punk. You're just being a bully. You're frustrated with your own day and you're consumed with your own busy life that you're not taking the time out to really you know, explain things. And it's, it's a very real thing. Parents do go through moments of guilt uh, because they don't know. Many of us don't know what the fuck we're doing. No one does. And that's why that moment, this entire issue is kind of, I want to say that's a bit of the through line when it comes to John. Yeah. It, It relies on that idea of, of being a parent and not quite knowing.
1: Yeah. And I think they do a great job of how they frame John Winchester in this series. They were able to help us as the reader, as the audience understand that struggle and get an inside look as to how he's feeling. Comics have a tough place to be in compared to many other forms of media. They are limited in their visuals even more so in what they can show than a movie or a TV show. Oh yeah, they don't have the page length for a novel. And yet you have to get across both imagery and internal thought and dialogue within a fraction of the space. Even if you combine like all six issues of a limited run, then any other form short stories, aren't that short, you know, they have to be very economic. So I think the way they did that really helps us empathize with him. And the fact that it does such an effective job speaks volumes. And, it's not just John's feeling throughout the events, but learning and being on that journey with him as he learns that there might not be something altogether normal about Sam. That he is connected to something beyond his understanding and on a far deeper level than he is currently able to comprehend using that element to once again, bring doubt into john's mind adds to the dilemma it escalates Mm -hmm. the stakes it's not just do i have to protect my kids but if i'm i have to protect my kids from these things or do i even have to consider protecting one son from the other or myself what about sam is different
0: well i like the disconnect as well because with a tv show you get that and and, I, and it works for the TV show, but you get that John, you know, was pining after his dead wife for, you know, years, for yeah, decades, a lifetime. But here you see that he begins to even doubt himself, possibly his mission. You get the sense that he's not even sure who to blame at this point. It kind of feels like he's starting to blame himself for everything, mm-hmm. uh, whether or not it's worth it. It feels like maybe he thinks this entire thing was brought on by something he did. Guilt. Yeah. It
1: really creeps in here and especially with the events of the issue, the previous issue, issue two, he was the one who allowed that demon into their lives. He was the one who let his guard down for just one moment and look at what happened. He almost lost everything.
0: All for titties. (laughs) John Winchester and them boobies. Someone really had like some fan fiction going on, mm-hmm. like Peter Johnson or the the new writer Almos. Someone wanted to ship John Winchester with everybody. Yeah, make him a sex symbol. Yeah, because every issue there's some type of sex for John Winchester, banging somebody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, an issue too. He was the demon was writing him out. I'm like, what the hell's <laughs> happening right now?
1: <laughs> this is crazy. But that that whole instance, that whole decision process throws him directly into the limelight as you're the problem yeah had he just at this point he's thinking to himself had he just never done any of this could he have protect his kids better and it's one of those things that the fandom and how they see John as a father is very much I'm not saying everybody the people out there who have said the mean and and just not true things about his character i'm defending a fictional character here but how dare you he what they visualize him as the person they see him as versus how he's actually depicted in this yeah what he's actually going through i think this is a far more realistic and relatable interpretation of how the fuck would you handle this situation I
0: this is more in par on with how we view john as a father and that's why we have always been so conflicted mm-hmm. when it comes to those, um, those thoughts from various members within the Supernatural fandom that he yeah. was abusive, he was a horrible person. I remember when we first started doing these shows and we started communicating more with our listeners or with, I should say, the Supernatural fandom. Because before that, we weren't really involved within the Supernatural fandom. We didn't know one existed. Right. But when we started interacting with uh, a lot of them, we were all shocked. To find out that there was a large portion of the fandom that felt that John was a terrible, shitty, abusive father. Yeah, I'm still shocked by Uh, that. Well, yeah, because I don't understand that interpretation. I've never seen that. In later years, when Dean has grown up in later seasons and he's more, he's an adult, he's a mature adult. He has alluded to the fact that he's not as happy with his father Mm -hmm. with things, but. At the same time, counter argument, later later
1: seasons, he himself is kind of a shitty father, surrogate father. How dare you to to Jack. I mean yeah, that is that's valid. do this crystal meth and blow yourself up. Like that's what happens in season fifteen. <laughs> Jeez. Like that's not, you know yeah. parent of the ear. You're not getting a mug for that one. That's true. That's, so, that's valid. Pot would name the kettle black on that one. Yeah. And That relationship in and of itself is not only John's fault. That is a give and take. There is a duality to the John and Dean relationship. It's not just John yelling at and treating Dean a certain way. There are aspects of who Dean is and who he wants to be and his job and his duty and what he views as his responsibility come into conflict in some ways with John, not just because John puts on him, Hey, you got to take care of your brother, but there's times where Dean wants to help and throws himself into the fire. And that causes issues for John and he wants to keep him safe. And that comes back then to once again, am I making the right decisions or am I a shitty father? Yeah. You know, his, his relationship, their relationship really does Delve deeper it it elevates in this Issue and building Off of the previous issues arc for Dean he's dealing with A lot of emotion he's Feeling left out He feels like John's growing interest in finding out why He has to protect Sam so much What about it why are you leaving me here why do I have to stay in the car he's He's at that age where he asks all those why Questions yeah and Sam, even John says it, Sam's young enough to where he can kind of placate him with simple answers, but Dean's beyond that. And because Dean is smarter than that, because he's older than that, he is starting to feel cut out of the small family and life that he knows of just the two of them, the three of them in the car. And he, in, a, in a, their own little island, is starting to feel isolated himself.
0: Yeah, and he lashes out, and that is something. Another, that's another aspect that's a very real to life. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, how many times have we seen or heard where there's a family with one kid who has problems? Let's say he has um, a, uh, any sort had, of developmental. A, yeah, he has d- developmental issues. Um, and most of the attention is on that child. What happens to the other one? The other one feels like he might not be as important. Alone. That he's forgotten. He's alone. So once again, Johnson almost p- pulling from real life to sprinkle uh, moments of development for these characters to to bring them to life that much more. And those are the moments that I feel like are even better than Origins. Origins was academically pleasing because of the you know the dante's infernal metaphor and there was a lot of great imagery
1: it was a very personal story for john the kids were not really involved
0: yeah but this isn't the case now right and the last two issues here with this with the rising sun you're getting these really great character developments that uh, we just didn't get in origins yeah, the, the kids literally get dropped
1: off in Origins, and it was so, and it made sense. It was the story about John delving into right. this world that needed yeah. to be told, the setup.
0: Yeah, it's not a negative. It's just, no.
1: it's just definitely it's one just of the pros when it comes to this, this run here. Right, this here, literally the title, Rising Sun, is all about him trying to raise his kids and how he's going to navigate what is already a challenging situation in the best of times, raising children to a nearly impossible one with what he finds himself facing on a day-to-day basis. When your kid is learning how to use a shotgun before they deal with puberty, yeah,
0: that's a rough life. That just is. Or you live out in the wilderness.
1: Or you live out in the boonies. Yeah, but I don't think any of them would say it's easy living out there either. No. And in a weird way, this 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 antagonistic or or animosity between John and Dean is the very thing that leads John to officially roping Dean into the hunting lifestyle. Not only is it that he doesn't want his son to feel isolated, he doesn't want him to feel alone, but he needs help. It's both a selfish decision and a decision for what's best, what's the best thing he can do for his kid, given his limited resources. And that's take him along for the ride, teach him, have him be his best friend and most trusted confidant and and his backup, which is a heavy burden to place on a 12 year old. But frankly, the burden was already on him with trying to take care of Sam, something we see him fail at a couple of times in this issue with the man in black. It's
0: another, another It's another interesting element Mm -hmm. when it comes to John's characterization because it goes back to him trying to figure out what he wants to do. What's the right decision for my kids? Dean is feeling isolated. Perhaps if I bring him in, you know, two birds with one stone, I include him Mm -hmm. in what's going on. I get the help I need. I get the help I need. And
1: it ultimately can protect Sam because if Dean doesn't know what to do or why... When he really needs to, he's going to just be asking questions and not be able to act. Yeah. And so it's a precautionary thing, too. And it's sad because what's essentially the right decision is also what condemns Dean to this life and destroys his childhood. (laughs) Like, (laughs) the best you can do is that. Yeah. That's tough. It is. And all of these elements really do feel very true to Supernatural, the core Fundamental idea behind what it is, even when we look at all of the entire season 15, like all 15 seasons, it still feels true to that narrative, to that idea. And I think that's one of the main things that I like about it is that it doesn't feel like a comic that was written by people who were hired by Warner Brothers or CW and said, hey, we want tie in media. It feels like a passion project by somebody who wanted to tell some of these stories.
0: Oh, yeah. It does,
1: actually. You know, I love that because it makes it feel it feels genuine. It doesn't feel producer driven or forced.
0: Yeah, you get you do get a sense that the people writing this care Mm -hmm. and they care to. They want the show to reflect. In the writing. Yeah.
1: They wanted to feel like you read this before episode one and it all makes sense.
0: I need to know how much involvement Kripke had in this. I have to find out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, there has to be some type of story. <laughs> right? Story oversight, right? Maybe. I would think at least story like, oversight. Did, did he read it? Did he do it once over? Like, yeah, it was pretty good, guys. Yeah, let's change this here. Change that there. <laughs> okay. Go off, you crazy kids, and
1: get this done. Go out there and be somebody. Yeah. Now, and then
0: give me some coffee.
1: (laughs) It wasn't almost his assistant.
0: I think so. Yeah. Yeah.
1: The other thing that's nice about this is that origins kind of hooked us right from the beginning with its content and what it was trying to say. Yeah. The first issue. This was a bit of a miss. The second one was a big turnaround, but I think it's by the third one that we're starting to get invested in what this is trying to say. This issue really did delve deeper into the questions that would plague John. Originally what started his hunt was the search for Mary's killer. Much like Sam himself would look for Jess's killer. But later it's the further deepening conspiracy. What is the story with Sam? What's going on with him? Who wants him? Why? Is the man in the black car the person who wants him? Is he related to the demons? Is he a demon himself? Is that yellow eyes? Or is this someone else who's Unintentionally, or at least to us unaware, is he helping? Kind of like the other guy. Kind of like the other guy, who I yeah. still believe was an angel in a weirdly really kind of off-putting sense. Because now we're building questions, which will let lead us into the next issue. We have the new character who was very short-lived of Silas, the pro- the the soothsayer. Yeah, I was say prophet, but his in canon that's a different thing. So that's not right. Yeah. But I do wonder that myself. The the demons wanted made a big show and wanted to abduct Sam, and he was part of some greater plan. But the man in black is keeping tabs on them. What he does is he asks Sam, where are they going? And then he helps Sam find John and Dean and helps him learn how to use a gun, essentially, by putting him in that right place, right time. If that was a demon... They would have had no reason not to just run
0: off with Sam. They had him. John and Dean weren't in the picture. I laughed when Sam showed up with a shotgun or with a (laughs) rifle and shot the deer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It was just out of nowhere. It's completely out of nowhere. And I too was like, wait, what the fuck? But the man in black aspect is kind of creepier. And that he's
0: tied to these events somehow well i also like that sam for some reason trusts this guy Doesn't, exactly and there's like a connection that's there. the interesting thing a, yes yep the
1: demon has to win through subterfuge or raw force this one just is helping out by saying where are you guys going i'll take you to your dad he gets a little bit of gun training he protects him from things because the man in black's driving away from silas's house at the end and sam is safe outside but something horrible happened inside. Yeah, I'm one led to believe it's the man in black or did the man in black take Sam out of the area to protect him and leave him no. there. I'm, yeah. That's the stuff that I'm starting to really wonder who is this character. It's interesting because we know what Sam's story is vessel for Lucifer, what yellow eyes plan and the whole works, but the man in black is the stuff where I'm like, okay, is this some sort of guardian angel in a way that doesn't want to be seen? Or is this a malevolent force that we don't know anything about? I, I, the fact that we can still have these questions at
0: this stage in the game. That's exactly what I was thinking. Dude, the that's impressive. That, the fact that we know Sam's story. The we fact fucking that, know the main the, question. And yet we are interested in finding out what's going to happen. That's good writing. It is.
1: And all of that, that heavy question... Later seasons of Supernatural would delve, would rely heavily on conflict. Michael is the threat. Chuck is the threat. The British men of letters are the threat. Amara is the threat. But early seasons delved and relied very heavily on the question, what's going on with Sam? Who is Yellow Eyes? What is the plan with the psychic children? What is the Michael sword? Are angels real? How do we stop the apocalypse? Like these are the things that are to me more interesting. Not just conflict. Conflict has to be there. But the questions I agree 100%. and the mystery is what keeps me coming every week. And yeah. the conflict is what makes me interested in watching
0: that week. Right. But I don't think most writers in, in the writing rooms understand that. They don't. And like, that's what really sets it apart. There's from- a difference between conflict?
1: <laughs> conflict and questions. Yes. And that's really what makes this feel like a early season of supernatural compared to later ones. It yeah. It Relies heavily on the mystery. We don't know who all the players are. Every new answer leads to two different questions and we fall deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole, which is kind of the entire concept the world you know is destroyed as you learn more and more about what's really out there yep so I thought that was fucking great again though I would say my favorite part had to be the introduction of Bobby I've waited what is that nine issues now since origin number one to have Bobby
0: be a character or a player in was, some way it was almost strange that Bobby wasn't in origins it really was yeah and there's a few like Fake Bobby. There's that one guy who's like doing the map shit. Who is yeah. Fake Bobby? Uh, that could have been Bobby. Yeah, that should have been probably. Yeah, that's the asshole from season seven. <laughs> Remember that guy? Frank? Yeah, fuck yeah. that guy. <laughs> For no reason, Bobby replacement. Yeah,
1: that would have been nice to have that be Bobby. But I did like that we finally get some time with him. We finally see him and John's friendship develop a little bit. And. This is going to sound really weird, but I think this is how I knew this comic did a good job. In the show, up until season seven, Bobby's place, his house, was always their safe haven, their home base, a place where nothing was going to get in and anything that tried was going to be dead real quick because you don't live to be an old hunter without knowing what the fuck you're doing. And I always liked that sort of safe haven home base feel from seasons one through six season seven with the Leviathans and, and Sarah Gamble's decisions to un to burn down Bobby's house was very deliberate to take away the safe haven, to take away everything they knew and could rely on. That was deliberate. That wasn't a mistake, but it always kind of hurt a little bit more than some of the other things. And it was never undone until the men of letters bunker. The comic book when we show up at Bobby's house gave me that same sense of they're safe here, warm, it's secure, nothing bad is going to happen here. And that may sound really weird. Maybe that's just being a fan and and really loving that character and being immersed in the reading of this at the time. But it felt like they captured that.
0: No, for sure. Because even when um, they they show that panel of Sam and Dean sleeping on the couch. Yeah. The moment they walk in, they feel comfortable enough to just pass out. There's a sense of family there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that, that was a, that's probably why that was my favorite moment for me. So with that, Mike, what are your final thoughts on issue three so far? I've
0: talked a lot. (laughs) Well, you know, I'm going to give this one uh, an 86 on the RMD score. Okay. I, definitely feel like it's worth it or it's definitely um, let me backtrack. I definitely feel like it deserves an 86%. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not to reiterate everything we had just gone through, but it is a solid read. It is written. Well, it is not uneven. It's very well balanced. It gives you everything we need. Typically. I'm not a fan of issue threes in comic books. When you're dealing with a five, issue or seven issue arc many times three through five are if it's a seven issue are just kind of fluff and floating Uh, fumbling through story there's a lot there when you read them together at one time but per issue it just it's very uneven you're talking the third issue in and there is so much character development even if i've never watched supernatural before i would understand And the reason why I say that is because there's a perspective on John that we've never seen before. Yeah. The guilt, you know, the worry, the worried father, very, very strong for a comic book. And it works for me. Yeah, I, I, I
1: agree. I think this one is. Yeah, I'd, I'd say an 86 is a fair representation. It's a, it's a step above where we were. I think it still could go further, but it does a great job. Like we said of capturing the essence of supernatural, the feeling it feels like it's an, could have been episodes. It could have been a mini series that led up origins in this so far could have been a several part mini series, limited run event to lead to supernatural season one, something I would love to see happen, but I know never will at this rate. Uh, and they do a great job building our characters and not losing sight of what made them who they are. It's not a origin that feels completely out of place. It's really setting up and telling us how they ended up to be the people we know come the first episode. And so for that I think it does a great job. And once again, I'm I'm impressed with the comics. Yeah. And they got rid of the train demon very quickly yeah, with the pentagram and ex uh exorcism spells so i'm like all right at least you used cannon and it wasn't like he shot at it or something
0: yeah. i'm gonna shoot salt rocks at a train
1: yeah that would have been that would shoot salt rocks at a train that would have been so bad automatic 50 from yeah. that.
0: i was disappointed to see the big uh you
1: know throws one punch and he's down yeah kind of but again comics have such a limited space so But again, if you guys are interested, check these out. Get them digitally if you can. If you can find them in real life, I'd pick them up. That's awesome. And something that I think a recently released box set could have learned a lesson from. Oh. Yes. Check out our other Patreon content for that discussion. But I want to thank each and every one of you for listening, for being patrons. We appreciate you all. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey. Ass butt.